Welcome to the Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com. Patty Ressler is our liaison for our Hair Grove Partnership, and she does an amazing job. Would y'all welcome her? Good morning. I'm just going to briefly talk about some help that we need at Hair Grove uh, every year. Uh, the first two days of school, I know many of y'all are in the school system, you, you know how crazy the first two days can kind of be. Um, something that's been really awesome about Hairgrove is that they have asked in the past, we've been doing this for many, many years, I think now, where they ask for um, volunteers to help actually at the school on the first day, getting kids off the bus in the morning, and then staying and helping in a pre-K, a kinder, or a first grade class. And mainly it's just to help provide extra support. Um, it's the getting kids off the bus is you know pretty critical. We have a lot of new little ones, little pre-cares that are scared or afraid or have never been on a bus or never been away from mom and dad. So to have extra support and extra loving adults there to help kind of just guide and direct these little ones off the bus is huge. And it just makes the day go so much smoother. Uh, we are still looking for volunteers. Uh, we would love to have you volunteer. Um, if you can, it's from 7.30 to 8.30 to help get kiddos off the bus. And then 8.30 to 12, um, if you can stay, you'll be assigned to a classroom. And don't worry, you're not going to be on your own. You'll be assigned a teacher. You'll be assigned, you won't be getting kids off the bus by yourself. You're assigned a, a teacher partner. Um, and it just runs so smooth and so, I mean, so quick and easy. Um, but to have an extra adult just to love on our little ones, uh, just to help get the first day off going well is much needed. Um, so see me if you can, and we'll get you signed up and ready to go. Uh, the other thing was the bus buddies. I'm not sure if you've ever done it. McGee can tell you all about it. He does it almost every year. Um, and it's, it's fun. I did it one time. Um, because I, ha I couldn't do it. I went to work. I went to work and I couldn't do it. Not that I wouldn't do it, but I couldn't do it. Um, and that's just, they really need every bus to have an extra adult. Because uh, we do have a lot of our littles who the first day is tiring, exhausting, and you need that extra adult because literally you will have some littles fall asleep. And you want to make sure that someone can be walking the aisle there to make sure they're all getting off at the right spot and wake up. And that has happened. Um, that little ones have fallen asleep because they're just tired. You know, they're little pre-cares, the little four-year-olds, five-year-olds who, you know, haven't been away and they're, I mean, they're literally there all day. And so, yeah, so if you can be a bus buddy, let me know. We can get you signed up uh, and they assign you a bus and you would just choose hair growth, um, but I can help you get started on, on the process and stuff. But yeah, we have a lot of opportunities this year where we need some extra volunteers. Um, so if you're interested, and I just, I do rapid emails for every time we need some help with certain things. Um, so be prepared. Uh, I send out a lot of requests and a lot of needs and we'd love to have some extra volunteers this year if we could. Um, we're plugging for mentors this year for our little ones. I wasn't supposed to mention that, but I'm going to anyways. Um, we would love to have some extra mentors this year. And a mentoring is basically just meeting with a student uh, once a week, 30 minutes, and I've been doing it for probably five years now, and Miss Lee's been so gracious to still let me do it, because I work, she's my boss, my other <laughs> boss, that's one, that's my other one, um, and so she's been real gracious to let me take my lunch hour, and I meet with my student uh, once a week, and we just play games. 
Um, we play games, we talk, we chat, and I've had a girl, I've had a boy. Um, I've had one for th four years uh, straight till they went off to sixth grade. And it's just an opportunity to really just spend some quality time with some students that just need a little extra, a little extra support. Um, and it's, and we just, I just let them, if you, and we play Legos. Every student said we play Legos every time we meet and just have a great time. Um, so if you're interested, let me know. We can get you signed up for that as well. Um, so yeah, I What's think that was. What's your email address so they can reach you? Oh, well, no one's going to remember unless you want to write it down. They'll um, love to write it down. Right okay. now, God is sure. speaking, okay. and they're responding. <laughs> My email is patty, P-A-T-T-I, A, letter A, wrestler, R-E-S-S-L-E-R, -E -E at gmail.com. So even if you just have questions, even if you're not sure what anything I just shared with you you're not sure about, just we can talk, and I can just let you know and update you and just clear, you know, if you have any questions. So, yeah. Patty it. is the glue that makes our partnership work, and she is such a gift, and she just is a hard worker, and Keith Ressler, we appreciate them so much. So it's our privilege today uh, in our back-to-school commissioning. This is the day when we highlight our partnership. Would y'all welcome Ms. Michelle Lee? She's been the principal there for two years at Hair Grove. Hello. <laughs> it's good to see you. You too. Hello. Good morning. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to come and speak with you guys today um, and be an advocate for our families and our students at Hairgrove. Um, so, um, this, I was an assistant principal for two years and then two years as a principal and this will be my third year. And I always say since I've been at Hairgrove that God truly looks out for Hairgrove. We um, just, with the families we have and the students we have, I feel like God puts them there for a purpose for us to be able to help them and bless them with what they need and we've continued to just do so many things for our kids and our families and I really truly feel like our school is just a blessed place and the best place. Um, so just want to talk to you a little bit about Hairgrove and the partnership today. Um, we are such a special school filled with the sweetest and most hardworking students and staff. We are an extremely successful school. Year after year we continue to beat the odds of being an at-risk school and we score up in the top of the district every year out of 57 elementaries. And I'm so excited to share all of our data tomorrow with our, with our teachers. They're back tomorrow on campus and um, have some exciting things to share. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, about 88% of our students are economically disadvantaged. Um, so we are pretty, our, our families come from poverty and a lot of uh, challenges at home which is why our church partnerships are so important and make such an impact with our kids. Um, it's so wonderful to see the collaboration and how everyone pulls together from Calvary and Copperfield and Hairgrove, and we just all work together for what's best for our kids and our families. Um, the partnership began back in 2005. It's been going strong for uh, many, many years, and it's still going strong, and hopefully we're going to get it going stronger. Um, just that we're here blessed to have this wonderful partnership, and I just want you guys to know how thankful I am. And I'm going to speak briefly about just two specific areas that we need um, assistance with this year. And one of them is school supplies. So as you know, um, picking out school supplies is always an exciting thing for kids. And um, for those that don't have that opportunity, we still want to give them that opportunity at Hairgrove. So if you're able to donate any school supplies, um, please do that. And nothing is too small. We appreciate anything and everything. And that way we can give them nice new supplies as well so they don't feel, you know, um, 
that on the first day with not having new stuff. So we'd like to be able to offer them as much as we can for the students that do have challenges at home and they can't afford new supplies. Sure. Um, sorry. No, One more fine. thing. Um, the other thing that's really helpful with school supplies, if you can donate cash, what we've done in the past is like they have preset boxes at the school that if once we get donation of financial donations, we take that money and we'll buy the packets from the school. So they're all the same with all the other kids get as well. Um, so that's another way, if that's okay to do that, is if you can just donate financially, you know, we'll get with Miss Lee and we'll just say, here you go. And then they'll be able to give the uh, actual school supply packet to each of the students that are in need. So just want to share that. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Patty. In uh, the next area we'd like to help, ask for help for, help with is mentoring um, and Patty mentioned a little bit. Um, kids and youth thrive when they have caring and supportive adults in their lives um, above and beyond you know their teacher and their school staff just someone to kind of be there and give them support. Uh, it's just a great way to foster positive relationships. It gives them a reason to aspire to be something bigger than themselves and allows them to see into their future and actually change the tra trajectory of a child's life. So please consider getting involved in mentoring. Uh, it's only 30 minutes a week. And it, like Patty said, it's very, it's fun and you can play games and just kind of talk and hang out. And our kids really like that. Just freedom to talk. It's not, it's not school related. It's just kind of, you know, conversations and just shows them that there are others out there that care. So let us know if you're interested in that and we can give you information on how to sign up for that. There is a small little training with the district and then you're good to go. There are so many ways that this church specifically helps support us through the year, such as bus buddies, donating prizes and snacks to our academic camps, providing food for staff appreciation week, donating school supplies, mentoring, creating college shirts for our fifth graders, making treats for our staff, volunteering to help prepare party materials, selling popcorn and so many others. We're just, we're just blessed. Um, if you have been involved with supporting Hargrove in any way, I'd like to say thank you from me, my staff and students and families. There are many opportunities available, like I said, coming uh, for the upcoming school year, and we'd love to have you to support us in any way possible. We give our students all we have because they're worth whatever it takes. I thank you again for your kindness and support, and please ask you to pray for us as we begin the new school year. Like I said, our teachers come back on campus tomorrow, and then we, our kids come back on the 22nd. So I'm very excited to get the year started, and I just wanna say thank you for all your support, and have a blessed day. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Lee. We are blessed, blessed, blessed in our partnership, and Ms. Lee does an incredible job and all the staff. And, uh, you know, our partnership with Copperfield Church, with Calvary, and with Hairgrove has resulted in recognition at the state level. Um, we get to support the teachers and the staff, but the state actually recognized the partnership. I mean, think about this. Economically disadvantaged, 88% of the students there are economically challenged, disadvantaged, and so people have said, well, why do they need parental help? Why do they need a mentor? Why do they need help with these academic camps and things like that? Just, just picture this, if you will. A number of the parents are working two and three jobs and are still below the poverty line. When in the world do they have time to help their children with some of the things that I took for granted? My parents were there to support me in every way. It's not that they don't love their kids, they're loving them by providing for them. And so um, we need to change our mental model and recognize that there's a lot of needs 
in our community. And this is just one of the ways that we partner with Jesus who goes about doing good and helping everyone under the power of the enemy. We want people to experience transformed lives. Amen? And so again, our partnership has a a measurable impact on the lives of kids. And so we've just been just so blessed to do this for years. And uh, the reason why Patty said she wasn't going to talk about mentoring was because Ms. Lee was going to talk about mentoring. It's not because I'm against mentoring. I'm for mentoring. So I, I want to get the messaging right, okay? Uh, we're trying to get as many mentors as we can because it just makes a huge difference in the lives of children. So uh, again, Lord, we thank you for Hairgrove Elementary. And we pray a blessing on the students, the parents, the staff, and the teachers. We thank you for Miss Lee's leadership. Lord, thank you for these two years that she has served as principal there. And Father, we ask you for fresh anointing and grace on her life. Lord, may everything that's in your heart for that school, may it fulfill its purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. So we build in time in our services to pray for another congregation. Doug Merriweather is going to come and help lead us in our prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for today, Father, that we're here to be able to praise and give you glory. And Lord, today we lift up Sci Life Church and their pastor, Bob Reed. And Bob... Bob Reed writes this, that he would greatly appreciate your prayers for Pastor Derek and his wife, Angelina, as they send them out to plant a church this fall. And it says in Isaiah 56, 1, this is what the Lord says. This is salvation for others. Maintain justice and do what is right for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. So, Lord God, we bless Pastor Derek and his wife, Angelia, Father, that they go out and they're going to plant a seed, Father, that your righteousness will soon be, re be revealed to them, that they will be able to see your glory, that their glory will shine through you, Father God. So, Holy Spirit, we go before them and ask that you prepare the seed that it may grow and flourish, O oh Lord God. So, Lord God, we just say thank you. And, Father, I pray for our church that we continue to seek you, Father God. Seek your face daily, Father God, that we may know your small, still voice and that we may learn how to love one another like you have loved us so well. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Doug. Well, it is good to be with you this morning. Had, Tammy and I had a great time away and very refreshing and relaxing. And uh, Lord, this morning as we continue in your word, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us and that you would continue to accomplish in us everything that's according to your heart's desire. But we're quite amazed at this partnership that we have with you, that we get to join you on your mission in the earth, and we get to do that together as a family of God with brothers and sisters in Christ. What a joy, what a privilege, what an honor. 
Lord, again, we acknowledge your presence. And we are so excited that you have put us in this congregation at this time in history to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you. And now, God, that we spend time with you in your word and ask that you would anoint our ears, anoint our eyes, and anoint our hearts to hear, see, and receive what you have for us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I've been enjoying talking about our vision at Calvary and talking about what the Lord is saying and doing through our history as a congregation. And what we're in, we're talking about community right now, and this is the fourth part of a message on our history, expressing true Christian community. And today we're going to talk about the why of community, the why of community. As a matter of fact, you can turn your Bibles, if you would like, to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 14 to 21. We're going to talk about the why of community. In part one, we celebrated the fact that God has called us to join him together with others on his mission in the earth and that what God has done in Calvary starting this church he's been expressing his nature and his will expressing who he is and he created us to be a church that embraces and that expresses intimacy community and kingdom in part two we heard from Angela Petrie about the impact of Calvary on her life. And then we had a significant sharing that she did of a word from Paul Cain for this historic hour. And then I shared some prophetic words that I had received. And then in part three, we reminded ourselves that we were meant to do life together with one another and with the triune God. We considered the outcomes of community and we talked a little bit about God's vision for Greater Houston. Again, I'm just... I'm in awe that God has allowed me and you to be alive for such a time as this. That God has allowed me and you to be here at this historic place, at this historic hour, so that we could serve God's purposes. It is an honor, it's a privilege, and it is challenging, right? To live for God in this, in this hour. But I'm not looking at the past to the good old days. I'm grateful that you're here together with us and that we get to serve the Lord and get to go forward in the spirit of the Lord into his purposes. So today, we're going to talk about the why of community. I just want to remind you, the beginning, Calvary started in 1982. God birthed Calvary, and then uh, before the church started, then after the church started, we were about reaching the unreached. Uh, We did a religious census in the area and discovered that about back then, about 85% of the people in our community did not belong to a church, did not go to a church regularly or even occasionally. And so those statistics are actually higher than that now. And uh, so we did a lot of ministry and a lot of reaching uh, people. The whole church was involved in reaching out. Then in 1985, God got our attention And he began to make course corrections in our lives as individuals and as a congregation. As we began to live out what God was doing, God led us into three stories. Uh, My story was from 1985 to about 1988, establishing people in intimacy with God. One of the parts of our vision is to establish people in an intimate relationship with the living God. By the way, I'm praying that when you come to church, when you go to small group, when you participate in youth ministry or children's ministry, whatever it is, I'm praying that you have a holy expectation of encounter with the God who is alive and who is present. 
So much of the time we can go through life unaware and we can miss the God who is near. Jesus actually said, I am always with you. I'm right here with you. And so I pray that we'll become aware of that. Jesus actually said the kingdom of God is, is near you. It's in you. And so God is this transcendent God who is present with us and then mysteriously lives in us. So my story, 1985 to 1988, establishing people in intimacy with God and the core outcome that we're looking for is awareness. We want to be aware of his presence. Then this, the kingdom, uh, that's, that's my story, the story, the overarching story that we're participating in was from 1988 to about 1996. God emphasized that for us in our church life, extending the kingdom of God in all the earth, extending the kingdom of God in all the earth. And the outcome there, there's actually two outcomes, alignment and action, alignment and action. So intimacy with God, the outcome, how do you know if you're growing in intimacy with God? Are you becoming more aware of God in your daily life, in the dailiness of life? In the kingdom story, the story, how do you know if you're, if you're advancing in, in transformation in that area? Are you aligning with the ways of Jesus? And are you in action, obedience around what God is showing you and doing in your life? Then our story, community story, about 1997, and we've been living into that story, learning a lot expressing true Christian community, expressing true Christian community. How do you know if you're growing in true Christian community? Well, the outcome there is authenticity, is authenticity. Are we able to be open and honest with people in our spheres of influence? Uh, Y'all know networking is an assignment from the Lord that I have uh, locally and globally. Uh, I was at a meeting, uh, we were at a prayer meeting downtown at the Houston Police Officers Union building a couple of weeks ago, midday, uh, Ricky Bradshaw and other leaders had gathered people to come and pray for officers. They were praying for them online, they were praying for them in person, and then while we were waiting, we were praying for revival and for spiritual awakening for Houston, Texas, greater Houston area. And uh, sitting in our small group, one of the young men there uh, looked at me and, and, and began to, to get stirred in, in the prophetic and began to share some things. And he said, um, he said, hey, I just, I want to encourage you, uh, just get prayer from people. Uh, I don't know if you ever have the chance to get prayer from people, but I want you to know, I think God wants me to emphasize that for you. Do you ever get prayer from people? And I got to thinking about it, and I said, well, you know, I participate in three missional communities, three or four per week, and at all those, walking in the light and getting prayer is a part of my experience and my expression. And he just looked at me, and he said, whenever I visit with pastors, none of them are able to share with others and get prayer. They never get to do that. And I got to thinking, we are an unusual bunch, aren't we? And that we get to do that with the deacons, the elders, the staff, the different missional community teams that I'm a part of. Calvary, I want you to know I could not do what I do without your prayers and without getting prayer from you guys and without walking the light with y'all. Amen? And I hope that that is a part of your vision and your DNA. Man, take advantage of every opportunity. We were not meant to live isolated lives. Now, I can understand growing up in the church why especially pastors would not share with people. 
Because when they shared with people, people had these weapons that were put in their hands and then they used them against leadership. I saw that all the time. But you're of a different breed. You're a different kind of people, amen? And I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for letting this be a house where men and women can walk in the light. We also have our pastor's prayer group where, where we have the opportunity to walk in the light with other area pastors. We meet twice a month and we've been meeting uh, either every week or twice a month or every other week since the mid-90s. And then one of the privileges about being a part of a team is other staff members come to us. They've been coming to this church through uh, Pastor Steve's leadership and other staff members. They come to get ministry and get prayer because ministry can be a lonely place. But I want you to know, ministry is not a lonely place for us on staff here at Calvary, and we are blessed. Calvary, I love you guys and love the fact that you pray for us and that you willingly lay hands on us and you pray on us, I mean pray for us regularly. I wanna thank you for that. That was a joke, that was my one funny for the day and you missed it. Doing life together, thank you for that false laugh, Daniel. We were meant to do life together and with one another and with the triune God. The idea of community is a challenge for us in Western culture. Rather than showing up in segmented silos or independent contractors, isolated individuals, we want to increase our community awareness, our community vision, and our community impact for the Lord. So now you're in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 14 to 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, Paul said, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and forever. Amen. This passage teaches us that there are dimensions of the love of Christ that you and I cannot experience without doing it together in community in community, and we are actually called, this passage talks about we are called to do life together in community. So the why of community, why is community a part of our vision at Calvary? Well, first of all, community is a part of the nature of God. In this passage, Paul talks about, I'm, I'm kneeling before the Father, I'm praying that you will have a power encounter with the Holy Spirit so that Christ Jesus can dwell in your life in fullness. The Bible tells us and teaches us and reveals to us another passage is John chapter 14. You can go there and read about the activity of the Father and the Son coming and making their home with us. And then if that's not enough, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I am going to send my Spirit and He will be with you and he will be with you always, the counselor, the comforter who will come to be with you. So the scripture stresses that our God, he has revealed himself 
as the triune God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are a community. They are one, and they're a community, and the Trinity is just a mystery. You know, I, I wanted to teach and to explain it and try to grasp it and grapple with it, and I want you to know, I just acknowledge God has revealed himself and how he's revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is three in one, God, 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 and, and yet they're distinct individuals and personalities, so we just bow before our God, amen? And we acknowledge who our God is. And so community is actually a part of, of who God is in his very nature. And then we were made to connect very deeply with the Lord and with other people. Belonging. Belonging is just a deep human need. As a matter of fact, many people are writing about and talking about today the tribes, our, our culture. People are connecting in tribes and small units and clans. It's just a deep human need. In Genesis 2, 18, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. This is a deep innate need is that we were created for community. We were created for partnership with others, belonging, and then interdependence. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 27. The, the reality is we have a description here of how much we need each other and that we can't do this thing alone without one another. Now, for Americans who have cut our teeth on independence, and for Texans especially, who are proud of our capacity to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, this passage stresses not independence, but interdependence. And so listen to the description of the body of Christ as Paul writes it here. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many small parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. 
If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now did you hear in this passage the Trinity involved here? God, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit. And God has put us into the body, and whose body is it? The body of Christ. He is the head of the body we read in our opening prayer this morning. Amen? And so it's his body. This body does not belong to me. This body does not belong to you. Calvary is an expression of the life of Jesus Christ. The body, and God has ordained. Verse 18 is a powerful passage. It says, in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. The reality is... You might think that you found this place, that you came here for a specific need or something like that, but God has led you to this place. When we were interviewing people and they were joining, uh, especially in the, the beginning years and, and through the 90s, we would ask people in our new members fellowship, Why, what led you to Calvary? Why are you here? And the, off, the, the answer that we got most often was, God led me here. God led me here. Now there's some people here that God has so planted them in this body that, that it doesn't even cross their mind to ever leave Calvary. They are planted here, and others are here for just a little while, and then God sows them into another body, sometimes in greater Houston and sometimes beyond. The reality is God adds to each body just as he wills. Amen? So it's not our decision. We follow the Lord. And we plug in and we become a part of the body. And I just want to thank you. If you've been here since the early 80s or if you've been here only a few weeks, thank you for being a part of what God is doing in this unique expression of the Lord Jesus Christ in this community and in the nations of the earth. And so belonging is an innate need that we have and we were created for interdependence. By the way, you know, we really don't understand the importance of our different body parts until one of them, to which we don't pay much attention, is inflamed or injured or hurt. Like, for instance, if your little toe meets the dresser in your bedroom and they have a conversation in the middle of the night, you will recognize how important that little toe is, won't you? Because that thing is now communicating to you in a very serious and strategic way. Every part is important. And isn't it funny when Paul says, what if every part were an eye? I mean, can you picture that? I mean, that would be unnatural. That would be ugly. And so every part is important. And then love. Love, it's the defining virtue for how we were meant to live as human beings. And so... God puts us in community because we have this need for belonging. We have this, this reality of our interdependence. And love is the controlling virtue. It's the most significant virtue. Love for God, Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Love for God. Love for others. Love is our motive. Love is our means. And love is our vision to do life together. Listen. This is why God has put us into a body. We were made to connect deeply to the Lord and to others, belonging, interdependence, and love. 
Then Jesus, as he walked the earth, and after he was raised and is ascended to the right hand of the Father, Jesus puts us into committed communities. Committed communities. Jesus called his disciples to follow him in Matthew 4.19, and then he put them into a company of followers that were committed to follow him and do what he said and to say what he did. Jesus, in Luke chapter 9 and 10, sent out his disciples in groups. You remember that? He sent them out two by two in Luke chapter 9 and in Luke chapter 10. Then Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So a part of our identity as this community that's on mission with Jesus A part of our identity involves advancing together as the corporate church, as the corporate body of Christ against the kingdom of darkness and plundering and plundering the enemy's camp. We are supposed to be on mission, partnering with Jesus, who calls us to live in community, in mission, on mission with him and with each other. And so we get involved with what God is doing in these committed communities. And then throughout the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 13, we have the mission team of Paul and Barnabas. God shows us that the, missions, the mission work, the work of God is done together. It's done in teams. It's done in these committed communities. And then Jesus puts us into local congregations called churches. Now, in the Bible, when it's speaking to the church at Ephesus, it's actually speaking to a bunch of different house churches, right? In the book of Ephesus, that they're under uh, the leadership of the elders there. Timothy uh, is, is one of the leaders of the church in Ephesus. And so there, there's all these things going on. And so a church, there, there's not just a cookie cutter model of what the church is supposed to be. People say today, we want to go back to the first century church and be the church that God wants us to be. And Pastor Steve through the years would, would ask us, so which church would that be? Would that be the church in Corinth? Would that be the church in Ephesus, Thessalonica? You see, God has unique expressions of his congregations And the congregations can be these huge celebrations, like in Acts chapter 5, in Acts chapter 4, they're gathering together as as the congregation of God, actually in the temple of the Lord, where the Jews gathered, and they were meeting in, in the church area there. They were meeting in that temple, and so... There are large gatherings, there are, there are intimate corporate gatherings. The church meets as God gives its assignment. And there today, Houston, Texas has the greatest number of megachurches of any city in, in our nation. It's amazing what God is doing here. And that's not big enough. Did you know there's a church in Nigeria that holds a million people? That's a big place. That's really big. And so there are churches of all sizes. One of the pastors in our pastor's prayer group, they're they're planting hip-hop churches among the younger generation and, and planting these churches among the street kids. Isn't that awesome, that vision? God, again, sees our need for belonging, interdependence, and to be the people or channels of God's love. As our, as our motivation, as our vision, as our ministry. And then God puts us in these congregations, and every congregation has a unique calling. 
unique assignments, unique giftings that God wants to do to express himself in the earth. And so local churches are committed communities of faith that are on display for the glory of God. And they are there so that the world can see and experience God in his uniqueness and in his multifaceted beauty. And so the church, community is a really important part of the vision. So the Lord uses community. We talked about our vision as a vision of transformation. God uses community as one of his primary ways to transform us. We believe that the Lord uses a holistic model to transform our lives. Our, our vision at Calvary is not just a vision for the wall, but it's the three primary ways that God engages us to change us, to transform us. Establishing people in intimacy with God, this is the reflective life where we learn to hear the voice of God and co-create with him. And the core outcome of intimacy with God is what? Remember pop test? Oh, thank you, very excellent. Awareness. The core outcome of intimacy with God is awareness. Expressing true Christian community. We're learning to grow in our authenticity. We're learning to grow to share a, a shared life on a shared mission with the Lord. And the core outcome of community is what? Authenticity. And then extending the kingdom of God in the earth. This is where we grow in radical obedience, in partnering with the Lord on his mission. We live missionally in community and we live not as isolated individuals, but in partnership with the Lord and with one another. And the core outcomes of this part of our vision, the core outcomes of kingdom, are what? Alignment and? This is just exciting. Don't you just feel that? Experiencing true Christian community is a place where we have a shared vision a shared life together, and it's one of the primary tools that God uses to change us. God uses, he uses community to transform your life. 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus changes us. You can't be changed in isolation. As a matter of fact, we're learning today that people overcome addictions most effectively by being in intimate communities. And so we have different recovery groups. You have different assignments. And if you try to overcome anything like addiction on your own, you're going to fail because we were meant to be together to overcome these things. We need counsel. We need guidance. We need prayer. We need support. We need friendship. We need nurture. And so God uses community to change us. He uses community to heal us. In James chapter 5, verse 13 to 16, there are actually two models of prayer there, two models of healing prayer. One is, it says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. In other words, walk in the light. Be authentic. Walk there and, and share with people what you need prayer for. And then it also says, so you can be physically healed or emotionally healed or spiritually healed, whatever you need. It also says you can call on the elders to anoint you with oil. 
and their prayer can result in healing. So there's two models of healing prayer, transformational prayer there. By the way, when we do our healing service tonight or any time when you come up here, you can ask the teams, would you anoint me with oil? And we'll be glad to do that. We were actually asked that question not too long ago. Do we ever anoint people with oil and pray for them? The answer is yes when they ask for it. By the way, that's not the only model of healing prayer in the New Testament, right? We don't have a record of Jesus doing that. But that is a, a, a testimony, and it is a model of healing prayer. So God can use community to change us, to heal us, to develop virtue and character in us. I want to challenge you for your homework assignment today. Read Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 17. Colossians 3, 1 to 17. God wants to develop virtue and character in us. And there's an illustration of how God does that in community where we're living in this place of learning to forgive one another. We're learning to, to be the body of Christ together. Then we realize our full potential of growing in Christ, and we do that in community. Now, again, we read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. You cannot, you cannot explore and experience the depths of the love of God in isolation. You cannot. You cannot do it meeting with church, and church is you. You have to do life with other people to experience the height, the depth, the width, and the length of God's love. And by the way, the goal in that passage is so that we would come to the fullness of the measure of God. God wants to, and there in Ephesians chapter 4, God wants us to be filled with all the fullness of God. Calvary, I, I pray that when you come to any, any meeting here, I pray you'll come with a holy expectation. But I also pray, Cheryl did a great job in the announcements talking about we've not arrived, right? We, we keep learning, we keep growing. Until you are filled to the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, until Ephesians 3, you have the fullness of God in you in a tangible, expressional way, I want to challenge you, there's still more room to grow. Amen? And so this idea that we're just going to gather for a lecture, we're just going to listen to some messages, we're going to sing some songs, I want to challenge that as a really low bar. The bar is to become like Christ. The bar is Jesus emptied himself so that he could be filled with everything that God had for him. And then Jesus the Christ ascends and gives us the spirit of Christ so that we can live just like he lived. He showed us how humans were supposed to live. And until we've come to the full measure of Christ, we've got a little growth area. And so, Calvary, let's raise our expectations. Today, I wasn't as, as angry as I was yesterday. That's progress, amen? Isn't it? Today, I learned to love a little bit more because God put somebody who was really unlovable in my path, and I got to practice. I didn't do so good today, but I'm gonna get to practice tomorrow, right? You know, I had a chance to ask people for prayer, but you know, I was, I was too scared of being open and honest. I was afraid they'd judge me, so I didn't share with anybody. 
but you have another opportunity at the end of the service here or at any time you can grab some, well, not while I'm preaching, but you can grab somebody and say, hey, would you pray for me? Amen? He wants to teach us how to stand up and fight. In Psalm 110, verse 3, the scripture says, in your day of battle, your troops, not your individual troop, but your troops will be willing. God wants to raise us up to be a mighty army, and God wants us to be this army that's moving forward together, that's advancing, that's serving God's purposes together. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it talks about no soldier gets so entangled in the everyday affairs of life that, that he's no longer able to please his, his commanding officer. We, we want to learn how to be people who, who know how to stand and fight and, again, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18, it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is the principalities, the powers, the world forces of darkness. It's the spiritual forces of wickedness that are empowering and authorizing things. By the way, our human adversaries, the Bible teaches us, Jesus said, to love our enemies, right? And so, does he, does he say, well, if they're not of your political party? Or does he say, if they don't drive like you? Or if they don't, if they don't look like you? <laughs> then, he wants to show us how to possess our inheritance. Joshua chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1. God just has this great inheritance for us, and it's for us to claim as a people, not just isolated individuals. Calvary, we have a wonderful future together. And so community accomplishes this in a shared life, in a shared vision, in a shared mission, and we live out community together. That's our joy. That's our privilege. And I want to thank you for being a part of the journey. And I want to invite us to be a people who understand that we were meant to do life together and with our triune God. And I want us to show up as people who are aware, who are aware of God, who have a vision for what God is doing, and that we're making an impact together like we've we celebrated today, our impact just at Hairgrove, but there's many other places that we're having impact. And so... Thank you for being a part of this vision. Thank you for being a part of this journey together in this committed community. Amen? Let's stand. Ministry team members, would you all come on up? If you've been through ministry team one, we invite you to help us to pray for people. And while I'm thinking about it, 6.30 tonight, we have our healing service a special time, and we set aside every so often just an extended time to seek God for breakthroughs, for blessings. God, we love you, and we thank you that you have put us together to do life together with you and with one another. Thank you. Thank you for our friends online. We speak blessing to them today. Lord, we thank you 
that people are connecting here in so many different ways. We thank you for the number of children and youth that you bring here on Wednesday nights and at other events that we don't get to see on Sunday mornings. But thank you that this community of faith is touching lives locally. And thank you that we get to partner with you as a community of faith in what you're doing in the nations. Lord, we want to live as a people where others can find true belonging, where they can discover their interdependence and they begin to walk in new expressions and experiences of love that will transform them. God, would you continue to mold us into such a community of faith? Father, again, I personally want to thank you for each person that you've led here through the years. And those that have gone to other places, God, we send them with our blessings. And we send them both near and far to represent you and your kingdom. Lord, thank you for Anna that's here and such a blessing in our midst and her family. God, thank you for friends, the song says, that are friends forever. We thank you for our partnership in the gospel. And Lord, we, we want to say, would you forgive our culture for its independence and its isolation and its self-reliance? Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us for the anger and the fear And may we be a people that are less anxious. May we be a people that are more fully present in light and in love. May we be a people who are being changed that others can look and say, if God can change that person, he can change me. May we be that kind of persons. I pray that for my life and for this congregation. In Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this episode from Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary Community Church, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com.